Hi, everybody, and welcome to this joint episode of Niners Notebook and Raiders Wrap, the San Francisco Chronicles 49ers and Raiders podcast. My name is Matt Kawahara. I'm the Raiders beat writer for the Chronicle, and joining me again today is Eric Branch, 49ers beat writer. How's it going, Eric? I'm doing well, Matt. Hope you're still enjoying Mobile, Alabama. Checking in from Mobile, Alabama, where it's been raining all day, and uh, for that reason, they moved the practices indoors um, today for the Senior Bowl. Uh, today we're going to be talking about a little bit of a, focusing in on, on edge rusher, which is one position where both the 49ers and the Raiders have a severe need this offseason and could be looking at what is a fairly deep group of, of players here at the Senior Bowl this week. We'll also be talking about uh, a little bit of the defensive aspects for both teams and one veteran player who will not be returning to the 49ers defensive line next season. Uh, check back with us after this. Hi, and welcome back to this joint episode of Niners Notebook and Raiders Wrap. And I guess to start off with, Eric, uh, today was a, a bit of an odd day here at the Senior Bowl because, uh, as I mentioned, it was raining all day, and for that reason they moved practices to an indoor facility nearby and didn't open it up to the media, so we didn't actually get to see what was going on at, at practice today. Heard a little bit about it from a pool report, but a lot of today was actually just talking to some of the, the players that they brought in and we also got a chance to talk to both of the defensive coordinators from both the, the 49ers and the Raiders. Uh, to start off, uh, one piece of news that came out today is that uh, the 49ers will not be bringing Earl Mitchell, the nose tackle, back next season. And I wanted to ask you just kind of about the ramifications of that move. Well, yeah, that was, uh, to use a literary term, that was foreshadowed uh, in December. Um, you know, Mitchell, he, he had signed uh, last year, a uh, four-year, $16 million deal, and he played pretty darn well, actually. Uh, you know, their, their run defense was relatively stout this this past season, um, and he was certainly a reason for that. Um, but after he made his first 12 starts uh, this season, uh, they put in D.J. Jones, um, you know, who was a six-round pick uh, from 2017, and it was just, you know, it's the old thing in the NFL one guy is older and, and more expensive. The other guy is <laughs> younger and less expensive. Um, and it, it was, you know, it, Kyle Shanahan, who's pretty candid as a head coach, you know, you know, pretty much told told the reporters, you know, we got to see what DJ Jones can do. And, you know, left unsaid, but it was understood that if he, if he played pretty well, you know, that was probably it for Earl Mitchell with the 49ers. So, you know, that's the case. They had an option on Mitchell's contract the last two years of his contract. They won't be picking it up. Um, and, you know, I don't think it's, you know, necessarily like, hey, DJ Jones, you're the guy. I don't think he, he was, you know, so impressive uh, that he's a, a slam dunk starter for 2019. You know, they did start using Eric Armstead as a nose in, in passing situations in, in their nickel defense and, you know, whether that, you know, I, I'm not sure Armstead is, is a full-time nose, but he, he's a massive guy. I mean, we, we you think of noses as kind of, you know, shaped like a fire hydrant and, and Armstead is six seven you know, 300 pounds or, or whatever he is. Um, so he would be a, a unique nose, but, you know, when, when he went in there at that position uh, at the end of last year, they were pretty excited about what he did. So, I, you know, it doesn't preclude them from, you know, signing a nose tackle. Uh, I don't think they draft one necessarily just because I don't think it's a huge need. Um, but, you know, I, I'd say at this point the odds are, you know, D.J. Jones will, will, you know, is a likely starter, but there will be a competition. 
Yeah, and that's uh, Robert Sala, the defensive coordinator for the 49ers, did uh, talk to reporters today. And he he did say that he thought DJ Jones played well um, toward the end of last season. Also mentioned, like you said, that Armstead stepped in at the nose in the nickel package and, and created some versatility with the way that he played there. Uh, but part of, I guess, another new um, entry into this mix is the fact that the 49ers have a new defensive line coach, uh, which was, as Sala put it today, it wasn't a a planned move. It wasn't an expected move, but when the guy that they brought in ended up uh, becoming available, they decided to make this switch. What Salah said today was that he doesn't believe it's going to change the philosophy of the way that they deploy their defensive line too much, but but what do you think about the new coach? Yeah, so Chris uh, Kosurik, you know, was with the Dolphins last year, and prior to that had been with the Lions for, you know, almost 10 seasons. Uh, you know, very well-respected, and, um, yeah, uh, they, they fired their other guy uh, because he became <laughs> available when Adam Gase was fired in, in their in Miami staff, uh, kind of dissolved. Uh, so, you know, when they say they're excited to have him, you know, it's, it's not just talk. Um, so, you know, the thing is the defensive line um, has been okay. They, they haven't had, you know, an edge rusher, and so that explains some of the lack of sacks. But I, I think they're hopeful, you know, particularly with a guy like Solomon Thomas, you know, that's a major investment, a number three pick uh, from 2017. And I'm sure they're hopeful that he can, you know, whatever potential there is to uh, bring out of Solomon Thomas, you know, uh, Chris Kosirica is going to be able to get that out of him. That's what, uh, that is what Salah said was really going to be one of the first priorities for uh, for Kosirica is to, to come in. And he, does, he didn't want to talk too much today about how he wants to use Thomas next season because he wanted Kosarek to come in look at film and give sort of his unbiased opinion to the room as uh, in terms of how he sees Thomas best being used um, and one thing that that Kyle Shanahan said yesterday about about Kosarek and what he liked about him was he came up through defenses and in, in particularly in Detroit where they would use uh, these wide nine technique defensive ends have them come in crashing hard, and it was it was a tough thing for for Shanahan's offense to deal with. Um, Robert Sala today said that they have used that sort of wide nine technique a, a little bit in the past, and, and that's why he doesn't think it's going to be presenting a, a big shift in philosophy. But that sort of leads us into some of the players that that the 49ers and also the Raiders are looking at here in Mobile uh, Mobile this week, um, just because you know both teams do have a need for an edge rusher. Um, Montez Sweat, I guess, to, to start in with the, with the prospects is is kind of widely considered to be the top uh, edge rushing prospect, if not the top overall prospects uh, here in Mobile this week. Um, he's been he is on the South team, so the 49ers have been lining him up largely as their Leo, uh, which, as I understand it, is is um, sort of the the spot that's reserved for the best pass rusher on the team. So, um, I guess. Is that uh, is that where the the 49ers need to bring somebody in is for that Leo spot or could they also be looking potentially for a big end and how do you see them uh, maybe addressing that within the first uh, first few rounds or even in the first round of the draft do you think? Well, yeah, I think if they don't take an edge rusher with their first pick, uh, people are um, are going to be uh, a little miffed uh, just because you know it, it's a position they haven't. They haven't truly dressed for for a number of different reasons, um, but that's certainly a need. And I saw Sweat; they had the video during a drill, and he steamrolled <laughs> some poor guard. Um, 
yesterday. Now, I don't know if the guard is from like, uh, you know, Slippery Rock or, or whatever. Uh, but anyway. That was, uh, <laughs> that, was, that was actually Alabama State's uh, Titus Howard, I think. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, before making, you know, any huge conclusions off one snap, I, I will say he, he can dominate Alabama State competition, evidently. Um, so that was impressive. But, yeah, you know, that is a, a position – they could address both, you know, with the first pick in the draft and also, you know, commit some serious free agent money to, to an, uh, another pass rusher. The um, funny thing about, uh, think, you know, looking at these guys this week, especially, you know, for consideration for, you know, where they're going to draft them is that um, there are there is this, you know, crop of, of edge rushers, pass rushers who maybe like three or four who are expected to go really early in this draft. And they're not necessarily here. I mean, you have your your uh, your Boses, uh, Williams from Clemson, you, and um, Josh Allen from Kentucky, who was supposed to be here and then withdrew from the game last week. So, you know, if the 49ers are going to use the second overall pick on, on somebody to come off the edge, it, it might not be any of the guys that they're looking at here. And then by the time they pick again, uh, uh, some of the, the better players here might be might be gone. But the Raiders, on the other hand, you know, they have the fourth overall pick, and then they're looking at two more picks in the first round. And uh, depending on how much, you know, Montez Sweat, who I think early on was projected as maybe maybe a middle to late first round pick and, and now is generating enough buzz here where people are thinking he might even be able to bump it up a little bit earlier, possibly even, you know, crack into that top 10. The Raiders are going to have a, a, some chances or to, to look at edge rushers. And Sweat is a guy who I think uh, one of the big questions about him coming into uh, coming into this week was how he would measure up, particularly at the weigh-in, because he was listed, I believe, at six 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 and two forty five, which some people thought might be a little bit lean for a guy um, rushing out there. But when he actually came in and weighed in, uh, he measured about two hundred fifty two pounds. And actually, we we were talking to Titus Howard, uh, that tackle you mentioned today, and he said the the thing that stands out about Sweat when you're going at is his length. That he has really long arms. He's tall, so he can just kind of uh, he has that leverage. Um, and then, as you mentioned on the on the one uh, rep, he just sort of gave a little bit of hesitation and then bull rushed right through him. Um, so he's he's apparently got a few different moves. Uh, he hasn't really done too much media stuff this week, so we haven't gotten a good sense from him. But one of his teammates from Mississippi State, who we talked to today, uh, safety Jonathan Abrams, said. Um, he fully expects that Sweat is going to continue to improve or to continue to uh, impress people throughout this draft process. He actually, he said he, he thinks he's, uh, Sweat's going to go to the combine and, and put up the bench press maybe 27, 28 times, something like that. And people don't really understand just how, how strong he is. Um, another guy who has, you know, stood out a little bit or, or was one of the bigger names coming in is Jalen Ferguson from Louisiana Tech who is intriguing in the sense that he uh, he left Louisiana Tech as, as having set the NCAA record for career sacks. He broke Terrell Suggs' record. He had 17 and a half sacks his senior season. The Raiders, obviously, <laughs> playing at a completely different level. They Their defense totaled 13 sacks overall. So you look at that and think maybe that's a guy that, can, uh, that could come in and help. But Ferguson said that uh, he's also on the South team. So he's been working with the 49ers, um, 49ers uh, staff this week, and he said they've been playing him 
mostly in the, in their big end position, which is sort of a five six technique, just on the outside shoulder of the tackle. Uh, wondering if you uh, if you think you know if you think of Ferguson as a guy who could potentially uh, come in and, and make an impact there, or where you see the 49ers, um, who who could also play for them there next season. Yeah, they they've tried a. Uh, kind of a host of different guys among them, Solomon Thomas and, and Eric Armstead, uh, Mark Nazacha. Um, and I'm not sure they found anyone that, uh, you know, they just fell in love with. So I do think, you know, that's a potential, uh, you know, need as well. I, I'd say just because they do have some guys that, that can do it and, and are capable, um, it's probably down on their list of needs, uh, it, you know, when you look at the rest of the roster. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, that would certainly qualify as at least a position of interest that they'll be looking into. Actually, here's a clip really quickly of, of Ferguson talking today about, uh, about whether he can tell sometimes when he's on the field, if he's in the head of the opposing quarterback or, or the opposing tackle that he's going against. I'm down in my stance, you know, I'm, I'm barking, I'm growling at him. I don't talk that much off the field, but on the field, you know, I try to get into his head, trying to make him shake, trying to make him rattle his nerves a little bit. So, you know, I take over the game. Once I take over the quarterback here, then, you know, control the man, control the offense, then you're going to win the game. So, again, that was Louisiana Tech's uh, Jalen Ferguson, a, a, another potential prospect to keep an eye on uh, coming out of here in Mobile. Uh, one other, I guess, um, area where, where both the, the 49ers and the Raiders might have a need is in the defensive backfield. A popular name being kicked around today is uh, – or this week is, is Nasir Adderley, a safety out of Delaware, who is coming from another small school, maybe not as well known of a guy, but considered to be uh, probably maybe the top safety prospect here and a guy who could maybe go as high as the second round there. Um, he compared his game or said today that he hopes to tries to model his game a little bit after Earl Thomas, who I know is a a safety that's that's come up in, in discussion with uh, with the 49ers in the past. But, Eric, when you look at uh, sort of the overall 49ers' needs this offseason, where does addressing some, some needs in, in the secondary come in? And is it possible they could be looking at secondary players to draft um, in, you know, in maybe the, the early, late, middle rounds, middle to late rounds? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think at cornerback you have Richard Sherman, and then it's like, all right, you know, who else do we have here, you know, that we can rely on? And right now the answer is nobody. Um, and then at at free safety, you know, that is a, uh, you know, when you mentioned Earl Thomas, and, and you know, the, obviously the Niners have the, you know, the Seahawks style, uh, you know, 4-3 defense, and, you know, a guy, a sideline to sideline free safety um, you know, they call the eraser. He takes care of, you know, everyone else's mistakes and doesn't let anything get deep. You know, free safety is a, a really key position uh, in this defense. So they don't presently have, uh, you know, a real answer. Jimmy Ward is capable. He's a good He's a good player. He's going to be a free agent. And, and he's just so injury prone that there's, I don't think there's any way that they could commit any sort of big dollars and expect him to hold up for, 16 games and then their other guys at that position are just unproven adrian colbert and uh, dj reed um and you know I, I think after this past season they went in with a lot of confidence in young players and, and put them in starting spots you know adrian colbert uh Kella witherspoon at cornerback and it didn't work out very well um you know i think in year three of this regime they might be looking for 
uh, you know, some proof, some proven commodities. And Earl Thomas is going to be a free agent. Uh, you know, there's no no way. Obviously, he, he's going back to Seattle, and uh, you know, for a number of different reasons, you know, that that would make a whole, whole lot of sense. Um, you know, the Niners had the money. Earl Thomas wants the money. Um, and you know that situation would very much kind of mirror what they did with uh, you know bringing in Richard Sherman last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was looking at the Raiders too, and and obviously they 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 have needs everywhere on their defense, but safety is one uh, particular position where they did a little bit of rotation um, last season. They they started the year uh, with Reggie Nelson out there next to Marcus Gilchrist. Uh, Nelson ended the year on injured reserve. We asked coordinator Paul Gunther uh, today if he has a sense of whether Nelson, who's going to be a free agent, is, is planning on playing next season. He's uh, played this season at age 35. Gunther said he wasn't. He, he has no real read yet on if, if Nelson intends to play next year. So, uh, But looking at the players that they do have, Marcus Gilchrist is uh, going to be a free agent. Uh, Eric Harris, I believe, will be a restricted free agent. Carl, uh, Carl Joseph there. 2016 first round pick uh, came on a little bit in the sort of the second half of the season after not being used very much in the first half and started to to draw a little bit more praise in that uh, over the course of that last eight games or so from John Gruden and and from Gunther so but you know he's more of a um, he's a hitter he'll he'll kind of get up crowd the box a little bit and I think the the Raiders could be looking for somebody who's a little freer uh, and just looking at Adderley, you know, specifically, he's a guy who said he played a lot of different uh, positions in college. Freshman and sophomore year, he started at cornerback. Junior year, he started at free safety, played also nickel. Um, senior year, played strictly free safety because Delaware wanted to have him sort of over the top of their unit. But uh, yeah, I believe he had a uh, an interception today at practice, um, so he – you know, he's at least probably opened some eyes with the coaching staff. Gunther said he's he's made a pretty good impression so far. So I might be one other guy to uh, to look at. Um, otherwise, I mean, one more day of practices here at the Senior Bowl. And uh, then Friday, the two teams actually plan to sort of switch a little bit. I mean, they've both been pretty clear that they're going to be open uh, about – letting the other coaching staff kind of interact with the players. You know, the 49ers will get to interact with the players on the North team and the Raiders will get to interact with the players on the South team just to get a, a little feel for for the entire group here. And also both coaching staffs have been clear about the fact that their main role here is to is to make sure that the the players themselves are getting something out of it and getting a chance to showcase uh, their talents. But other than that, I mean, you get into uh, Friday's no practices and then Saturday is the game. So the week here does go by pretty quickly. Um, go ahead. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, I know, you know, you you were on, on a red eye, so you missed the weigh-in. And I know, I think we both agree that is a, a disturbing spectacle. Um, and for, for it's, those, it's a strange <laughs> practice, yeah. For those that don't know, you know, all the prospects – uh, you know, kind of on on a stage, and, and they're only in what is it, compression shorts? And yeah, I think long gray compression <laughs> shorts. Everybody's got the same color compression shorts on, and that's all. You know, that that is all they have on, and then uh, all the scouts, executives, r- reporters are there and and silently taking notes, uh, examining um, uh, their body. So anyway, that's that's weird. Uh, obviously, you didn't have the benefit of, of seeing that. Uh, great site. However, I did want to. <laughs> I did want to ask you. 
The senior bowl does have a mascot. Is that right? Uh, that's been running around. Yeah. Well, so the title sponsor of the senior bowl is uh, is Reese's. And so during media day yesterday, where they brought in some of the players or brought in both teams um, and had you know players on podiums and had a little bit of availability. There was a somebody walking around dressed up in a costume of a Reese's package with a Reese's cup uh, as a head, which was slightly disturbing, but also um, sort of in a weird way made you want Reese's. The good thing is that there are Reese's cups and little forms of chocolate pretty much everywhere around here this week. So it, they make sure that you get your your fill. Oh, that's, so that's a plus. That's awesome. I, I want to make sure I, I'm in Mobile next year. Um, <laughs> does the is made? This might be something you can answer uh, tomorrow. But does the uh, Reese's mascot have a name? You know, I have not seen the Reese's mascot since day one, so the Reese's mascot was not back today. I'll keep an eye out tomorrow. It is hard to miss. Yeah. Okay. Well, people, <laughs> you don't want to miss tomorrow just for that alone. Yeah. Absolutely. So like you said, uh, one more day of practices and then tomorrow both uh, both the general managers uh, of both teams are, are expected to address media for the first time this week. So we'll have both John Lynch and uh, Mike Mayock weighing in, I'm sure, both on what they have observed this week and a little bit of updates on, on their respective teams. With Mayock, it's, uh, it'll be the first time that we've heard from him since his introductory press conference. So um, it'll be interesting just to hear how he's sort of settling into his new job uh, from all you know, from, from what we heard from John Gruden and, and Paul Gunther today. Uh, Mayock has, has eased in pretty well. It's actually one interesting aside is uh, Mayock and, and we, we know a little bit about Mayock and Gruden's history. They've, they've known each other for a while, but Mayock and Gunther go way back. Uh, Gunther just told a brief story today about how when he was, um, when he was 25 years old, I want to say he was hired as the head coach of uh, Ursinus College, which is where he went to college and played. He was hired as their head coach, um, and he went out on a recruiting trip. And one of the first, or just sort of a scouting, uh, scouting local, local high schools, and one of the first high schools that he stopped by, Mike Mayock's dad was the coach. And he, so, and Gunther said he planned on visiting like five or six different schools that day. And he ended up being in uh, the elder Mayock's office for the better half, the better part of the day. And Mayock was just walking him through everybody that he had to visit in the area. And then at the end of that said, Hey, you should really meet my son. So, and at that point, uh, Mayock was working some job that was, Mike Mayock was working some job that was not related to football at all. Um, he was thinking about just starting to get into this, uh, this, TV analyst business, which obviously he ended up doing fairly well and being fairly successful at. So, um, funny history there between uh, between Gruden and, or between Gunther and Mike Mayock. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You should work that into a story somehow. Yeah, it seems like it really should uh, should belong in print, but that's down the road a little bit. Um, but I think that will uh, that will do it for us uh, here from day two of the Senior Bowl. Again, you've been listening to a joint episode of Niners Notebook and Raiders Rap with the San Francisco Chronicle. Thanks very much again for tuning in. Uh, We will be back tomorrow with a wrap-up from the final day of Senior Bowl practices. Uh, Thanks again for, for listening, and take care. Raiders Rap and Niners Notebook are part of the San Francisco Chronicle podcast network. Audrey Cooper is the editor in chief. Follow me on Twitter at at Matthew Kawahara and Eric at at Eric underscore branch. 
Music for Raiders Rap is Ain't No Thing by BOPD. Support all of the San Francisco Chronicle's great sports coverage with a subscription to the print or digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe. <laughs>